All right. Here we go. Another week is coming gone. Week six. The look back. Uh, another crazy week, you know, in the, NF- in the NFL. The NFC least still is is what it is. Like I said, you can't you can't question the effort this week. Obviously, the Ravens are a hell of a football team. They're built to get to Tampa Bay in February, and obviously, for the last two weeks, the Eagles have have faced two teams that are going to play a role in probably who get, goes to the Super Bowl in the AFC. But in both of those matchups, Carson Wentz has shown a lot of fight. And a lot of, of strength to show that, you know, this is probably he, him at his best when he's when it's, when it's against him and he has nothing but nobodies and nothings at receiver and at O-line. And obviously, he's, he found a way at the end to make this very interesting at the end. It almost went to overtime. Almost. But once again, the Eagles come up short and right now... It just it doesn't look good for for now, but the, the the schedule is about to turn in their favor in ways that may give them something to talk about here in a month. But your thoughts on the past week? Well, you know, I mean, they played a, they played a tough game. They got down big early. Um, they did have a nice they did do a nice job late in the game fourth quarter, had a nice comeback, almost almost pulled it out. Um, more poor coaching decisions cost, I think that is what really cost them the game. You know, going for two earlier in the game was just idiotic. Um, and, and I mean, that other two-point conversion, I mean, that, that, was, that was terrible. So, I think, I think this game, more than anything, falls on Peterson and more bad play calling, um, especially in critical moments. But there's some good things to take out of this. The, main, the, number, the number one good thing outside of the fact that Wentz played well again is uh, we, when we talked on Sunday, I told you if um, Travis Fulgham can actually – I said if he could get six receptions for 70 yards, I wouldn't even worry about a touchdown against an elite secondary for the second week in a row have a good game. Um, that I would say that, that that I'm on board the Fulgham trains. And, I mean, he did even better. He scored a touchdown, too. So, yeah, he played really well against the top-notch cornerback uh, duo in um, Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey. So, yeah, I'm down with Travis Fulgham, man. He showed me, he showed me enough that the guy needs to play for the rest of the year. We need to see what he's got. And um, uh, enough of Alshon Jeffrey. It, 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 obviously, Wentz plays better with the young guys anyway. So give the guy a shot for the rest of the year. Jeffrey can ride the pine for all I care. Time, time to get, time to get the uh, uh, Travis Fulga hype train in full gear at this point. Um, but there's a lot of negatives to take away outside of the bad coaching. I mean, we had a lot more injuries, man. We're now looking at a game coming up tomorrow with no Zach Ertz, even though he's been horrible this year. No Miles Sanders. Um, 
we were down to <laughs> we were down to garbage before the game on the offensive line, and then we lost even more players. But the the good news when it comes to the offensive line, anyway, is um, today the Eagles activated Matt Pryor off the COVID list, and and Doug Peterson has said that it's looking pretty. It's it's looking it's looking positive for Lane Johnson playing. So, I mean, the addition of Matt Pryor and Lane Johnson on the right side of the line will make a major difference. But nonetheless, Jordan Mailata, he's shown enough that if, we don't even care about Peters coming back anymore. It's time for for Mailata to play the rest of the year and show us what he's got. But otherwise. Yeah, just a lot more injuries on this team, and <laughs> luckily we have a, a, a game this week against a team that's horrible. Yeah. Like I said, my outlook for, for what happened in this game was, I mean, obviously the Ravens are a much better team, and we know that coming in, and they played like that at least for, for three quarters. They were in control. Clayus Campbell had, he turned back the clock and had a monster game had half of the six sacks that the that the Ravens had against Wentz, and ob- he was named Defensive Player of the Week for that. And obviously, you know, it it, it like I said, though the thing that sucks the worst is that the injuries continue to pile up. But what's funny is we're playing the New York Giants, and if I recall, the last time we played the Giants with a division tile on the line, we didn't have Zach Ertz or Booby Miles. And once again, we're playing without them two again this tomorrow night. And it just seems like with looking at this season and just looking at the circumstance, it just, am I crazy to think that even though this, it's, it's, we're 1-4-1 one, and, one, and this division is horrible, and we'll obviously talk about the pathetic Cowboys here in a moment, but am I crazy to think that by the time we get to Thanksgiving in a month, by the time we get to Thanksgiving, the Eagles could be a team that the NFC better worry about. Because think about this. All those guys are going to come back. The Alshon Jeffries, the Deshaun Jacksons, obviously, you know, few few members of the line and, uh, and, and some other guys, you know, obviously Dallas Goddard's going to come back. If everybody comes back, and they're healthy, and they're as good as they should have been early in the year. Because you you can sit there and say with a straight face, this team is not a one four and one team. They should have at least three, if not four, victories on the season. At least four victories on the season. The way they played to this point. Am I crazy to think that by the time we get to Thanksgiving and that stretch run December, the Eagles could be that team nobody really wants to play? Or am I just crazy? I mean, that brings me to the next point, which is, I, I didn't really get to mention it. We were kind of, sh- we, we were running short on time on Sunday anyway, but right before the game, there was a report that came out that Howie Roseman was going to be aggressive, supposedly, at the trade deadline, and um, I mean, if you think this team has any shot at making a run in the playoffs, you're fooling yourself, man. I mean, they they can make they can make the playoffs just because of the fact that the that the division's a joke. But this is at best an average team. These these veterans got to go. Um, if we trade draft picks or any type of future 
assets for some aging veteran, uh, Howie's got to go, too. I mean, there, there's absolutely no reason this team should be buyers at, at the trade deadline. I've said it before. They should really be sellers. We should be moving on from guys like Fletcher Cox, who is completely underperformed, but still his name could net you some decent draft value. And um, we just gave him – we just restructured his deal, basically, which – you know, it, it just kicks the can down the road when it comes to the salary cap. And it probably, I don't know the, the specific details of this move of restructuring his deal, but it probably hinders us from moving on from him in the next year or two. And let's face it, the guy has been underperforming and pretty much on a, um, on a decline over the last three years. You know, ever since the Super Bowl season, his, 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 his play has fallen off. And he's getting paid twenty plus million a year to not be an elite defensive tackle anymore. And you know, we're fooling ourselves, man. This team is not a Super Bowl team. It's not a team that's gonna reach the NFC championship game. We're just a middle of the pack at this team that <laughs> we'll see you that we have an inconsistent quarterback that sometimes can carry us and sometimes he he costs his games, and you know we're not going to win like that. Top it off, top it off. We have a coaching staff that, <laughs> to, to put it plainly, the, the coaching staff has been horrible this year. So, yeah, I mean, you're you're abs- you probably are very much right about all your things. I mean, obviously, this year has been a struggle. The co- the coaching staff, like I said, they all call- talk to Dougie. And Dougie P does make the last decisions on, on obviously game strategy, which obviously isn't working because he thinks he's such a gamble. He's more of a gambler than a than a student of the game. And and obviously, what's going on with the Eagles moving forward is, you know, what is this team going to be like in two or three years? I mean, you, we want to see them be young and aggressive and have speed and everything else, but you can't keep recycling guys like Jason Pierce. Really, should not be. On this on this team, but that's Brandon Brooks Brooks' fault for getting hurt again. He wouldn't be on this team if Brandon Brooks was was wasn't injured. And obviously, just looking at the the scenarios going around, it's just I mean that we pretty much believe that Dallas Goddard, even though he hasn't shown a lot, I mean he hasn't played a lot because he got hurt himself, is is better off than than uh, than Zach Ertz. Maybe Zach Ertz could be. Could be tr- the one that gets traded in a couple more weeks, or actually coming up this week because the trade deadline is this week coming up. So obviously, yeah, I mean, to me, Howie Roseman obviously had we we've known this for for ten years with him. He he can't draft for his life, or he's just he's just a Johnny Come Lately kind of drafter, you know, like the JJR Sager White side. I mean, he could be a decent receiver, but you could have had DK Metcalf. You could have had DK Metcalf, and you see what he's doing in Seattle, and he's going to be an elite receiver. He could be the top receiver in this league within another year. And and it's unfortunate, you know, and it's unfortunate. Now, if they really wanted to make a splash, the story today is coming out is that Seattle has put in a pledge for Antonio Brown. 
Antonio Brown's suspension was for the first eight weeks of the season, even though he wasn't on a roster. But now Seattle's making a pledge to get him. So add more Admiral, Admiral to uh, Amel to uh, Russell Wilson. You know, if he can keep his if he can keep his head on straight, you know, Antonio Brown, we know what kind of receiver he is in this league. So unfortunately, you just look at you just look around and it's just what will the Eagles do? What are they gonna do to make themselves? They want it, they think they still think they can win this year. And I think they're thinking about this division. They're thinking about this division and maybe a win on in wild card weekend. That's what they're thinking now. And that possibly could happen, but like I said, we we look around the NFC and the teams are starting to separate themselves, like the Tampa Bay's, the Green Bay's, the Seattle's, New Orleans. I mean, are you better than them? Absolutely not. You're not you're not gonna beat any of those four teams at the rate you're going, at the weight they're playing. You know? Hell, this division can't even beat themselves. I mean, it's it's um it's unbelievable. So yeah, I mean, I, I could be wrong. I probably am, but you never know. This 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 Eagles team has always pulled rabbits out of their head, hats in the past. So maybe if you know if they start winning and they get themselves back towards five hundred in a month or so, their schedule gets is starting to get easier. They play the NFC East the next three weeks. Well, obviously they have a bye. And then they play them, and then they play the Browns. And, you know, by that point, they might be back where they need to be as far as this division. And speaking of this division, obviously, the Cowboys lead it. But you wouldn't think that so after watching on uh, on Monday night. That was probably the most embarrassing game they've played in a very, very long time. I mean, the effort was piss poor. Was piss poor. I, 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 I mean, the Cardinals are an average team that might make the playoffs. They made them look like they were the best team in football. I mean, so to me, it looks very much like this division, and we've talked about this division too much this season, and never in a positive way. But it looks more and more like the Eagles are going to get their act. If they can get their act together, they win tomorrow night, they get these guys back, some of these guys back for the Cowboys game on Sunday night next week, then guess what? This division's ours, and the Cow- and Mike McCarthy may become the first Cowboy court, uh, head coach to be one and done. And that pretty much tells you that, like you said before, it's time for the Cowboys to blow everything up because they're completely, they're completely in a shit in a shithole right now. Uh, I mean, I told you before the season where, and when they hired him, McCarthy's a bum, and the players the players have already figured it out. I mean, we've seen some reports over the last two days about how the players are starting to turn on McCarthy already. I mean, you're talking about a brand-new head coach, six games into the season, and they're already fed up with him. I mean, he, they, they, they obviously know that the guy can't coach, he brought in a defensive coordinator that can't coach. And, um, and yeah, I mean, you look at that team, they're throwing the ball 50 times a game when they have Ezekiel Elliott, who really hasn't played well either. But nonetheless, I mean, it, it, the whole thing's a joke, and that team's horrible. And 
they're going nowhere. The defense is is as bad as it gets in, in NFL history, almost basically. So, I mean, you, you, the red rifle isn't going to take them to anywhere. So, unfortunately, the Eagles are in the playoff race because of this. But that's, like I said, man, it, it's fool's gold. This team's going nowhere, and. We, we, we got nothing. We, the Eagles, like I said, the Eagles need to be sellers, not buyers at the trade deadline. We need to, we need to trade some of these veterans for draft picks and get younger and get some young talent on here. And like you said, you know, the big one of the biggest things with this team right now is the, how he's drafting. You know, I've made cases in the past that he hasn't been bad, but. The problem is he hasn't been great either. He, um, he he gets decent players. You know, guys like Hal Vitae, Jack Driscoll, um, Jordan Mailata so far, um, Isaac Samalu, these guys are pretty solid players. I'm just I'm just thinking about the offensive line, so I named a whole bunch of offensive linemen. But, um, I mean, these guys are pretty decent players overall, but – we don't get any superstars, man. We don't get any pro bowlers in these drafts. The only guy that really is considered a pro bowl player that Howie Roseman has drafted since um, he took back over the team in 2016 is really Carson Wentz off the top of my head. Um, Miles Sanders could potentially make a pro bowl, but he hasn't so far. Um Maybe Dallas Goddard, you know, I like, I, I'm, I'm a big Goddard fan. He could be a, top-notch tight end, so maybe he becomes a pro bowler, but that's not enough. You know, we, we just aren't hitting at a high enough rate with the early draft picks. Once once we get in the third, fourth, fifth round, we get some decent players, some guys that contribute, but you know, we, we're not getting the superstars, and that's, that's why this team is failing right now. Yeah. Yeah, it just, it's, it's just unbelievable. How, how, you know, you just, everything has to come together. And it's almost like, how the hell did we win a Super Bowl with, the, with with this regime? It's almost, it's almost like a gift from God, almost. And I don't want to bring up that, this on this program, but it just seems like, you know, if we still, if we didn't win the Super Bowl in 2017, this regime would have been already over. Because nobody, because the fan base wouldn't last. They would not let this last, you know? Because this is a carbon copy of how Andy Reid ran this team, especially in the last six or seven years of his regime after losing Super Bowl 30-39. Because he became more of a stippleton. And while he still had success, he didn't have that great of success because the, the team got older and his philosophy just went away. And unfortunately, you have a carbon copy member uh, guy in Doug Pearson who's doing the exact same things. And unfortunately, you know, you know, how he was an assistant back then, but now is in charge of, of everything now. And, you know, like I said, it is what it is. I just, you know, I mean, they get a little more longevity because they won a Super Bowl and they've made the playoffs even though in the last couple of years after that, but still, you know, people think about dynasty. They don't think about, okay, we won a Super Bowl, and then the next 16 years we can just suck. That's not how, that's not how this city works. You know how, how it is. You lived here in Pennsylvania. You know how these fans want. 
It's ridiculous. I mean, back in the 2017, though, you know, if you got asked all those before that season started, if you got asked all those fans, hey, would um, would you take a guaranteed Super Bowl win this year for 10 years of garbage? They, almost all of them would say yes. So, you know, obviously yeah. Philly's not a, a sports town where we're, we're allowed to have, like, a, a great team that can win us multiple Super Bowls. So or multiple titles. So we got to take the one and then then we got to uh, <laughs> then we got to take the 5 years of 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 crap that comes with it, you know? So Yeah. Unfortunately, that's just that's just the destiny of Philadelphia, but I mean, I mean, I'm glad we are Super Bowl champs, and we don't have to worry about never. People can never ask because I was telling myself this week and thinking myself this week. I mean, people can't bash on people can't bash on us anymore like they used to, especially even if we when we won the Super Bowl because we actually beat the best ever, the best quarterback ever, and probably the best coach ever to do so. You know, I I obviously. I'm obviously glad because if we play like the Jacksonville Jaguars, people may consider our Super Bowl win, oh, you didn't beat nobody and stuff. And they might be right because you look at Jacksonville today and they're, and that 2017 team was a fluke in their own way. So, like I said, and speaking of that, you know, it's obvious that, you know, I am right, I am starting to become more right about about the Brady and Belichick success story. I'm right. I might be right. Belichick's a good coach. Brady made him a great coach. And you look what's what happened this week. You see what Brady has done to Tampa Bay. He's willing this team. I mean, this, Tampa Bay had a dominant win against Green Bay in a game that looked like early on, it looked like Green Bay was going to show how strong they are. But you rattle Aaron Rodgers' cage a little bit. That pick six, you saw that pick six. And it just changed the dynamic of that entire game to the point where he showed zero fight. And they scored nothing after that. And it looks more and more like, to me, I'm right about one thing. I mean, as good as Aaron Rodgers is, he's going to the Hall of Fame. He's got a lot of records. Not a lot of people are like Brady to have the the numbers and the hardware to go with it. And I feel like if you're an Aaron Rodgers fan... You may have to sell. You might have to sell out on this because that that was a pathetic. That was unbelievable what I saw there. So, so is Green Bay really? When you look at the NFC and who's the dominant, who's the best team? Are they a fraudulent? Are they a fraudulent team compared to a Saints or the Seahawks or obviously Tom Brady's team in Tampa Bay? I mean, I wouldn't say they're fraudulent, but. I mean, they weren't a team that I was projecting to be all that great to begin with anyway. Um, it, it, like I've, I've said it before, I'll say it again, man. I mean, Brady made Belichick and Belichick made Brady, and it was a great relationship. But right now, at least right now anyway, Brady's the guy that has a really good head coach and a really good coaching staff, and... Belichick, well, I think he's, he, he let his ego get the best of him for the most part. You know, he basically took what he had with Brady in terms of surrounding talent 
and just put a new quarterback in there and Cam and you know, Cam Cam's been a really good quarterback in the NFL, but he's not Tom Brady. And he's never gonna be Tom Brady. He's a guy that can have big games here and there, but he's not gonna will a team like you said, he's not gonna will a team to victory. He's not gonna win five Super Bowls in his career. And um and yeah, I mean the the Patriots have downgraded a quarterback, whereas Brady has upgraded the, the surrounding talent around him, even with all these injuries. And yep, Brady's playing well. And the and the Bucks, like I said before, they're gonna they're gonna be a team in the NFC that come playoff time, you're not gonna want to play them. Yeah, but like I said, I know Brady's only gonna play pretty much through next year because he wants to play Belichick really bad. That's why he went to Tampa Bay because he gets to play Belichick next year and in New England. So, but obviously, if you look at it, it's just it is it is nice to see what's going on and that Brady, even at his advanced age, he's still getting it done. And this team and Tampa Bay looks like a legit threat in this conference. But obviously, we still have a long way to go, and it still has a lot a lot to work itself out, especially this division that they're in. They're not, they're still got to deal with the Saints. The South is not their divisions to lose at this point. And like I said, with Green Bay, I mean, like I said, Rodgers, we know he's a great quarterback. We know how good he is, but the team has to, they got to show some balls when it comes to, to fist fights and battles like that, you know. I mean, look at Carson Wentz. He's got nothing. He's got, he's getting sacked all over the place. But he will will his team back. I see Aaron Rodgers throw one pick six, and he and he goes small. And there's a re- and and there's a reason why Rodgers hasn't won another Super Bowl since then. It's like he can't will his team when it matters in, in a playoff situation. He hasn't even been to a Super Bowl since then. So I'm a little concerned there. You know, if you're Green Bay, you're kind of concerned. You're not. I don't think you're going to fall off the map. Obviously. Because you're in a division that you're going to win easily, but but still, that's a that's pretty that was a pretty damning loss that I saw on Sunday. That gives me that gives me some concern. That gives me very very civil concern if you're a Green Bay Packer fan. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be concerned yet. I mean, the Packers are a good team. We've they're going to have some bad games. Every team in the NFL is going to have a bad game here and there. But um, the, the, the only real concern I would have when it comes to Rodgers is something that we've, we talked about in the offseason, and that's that the Packers just don't seem to want to surround him with any more talent than Devontae Adams, you know? It's, they give him Devontae Adams, and then they just, they just don't give him anybody else to throw the ball to. And obviously we saw the first round this year. They're looking towards the future. Drafted a quarterback. But there were a ton of t- there was a ton of talent at receivers still available. I mean, imagine that uh, Packers offense. If, for example, they had T. Higgins or LaVisca Fennell or any of, the, any of those other receivers that went after that pick. You know? It would be, it would be much more explosive. They'd have much more talent. And um, it would be a great compliment to Devontae Adams. And instead, they got one receiver, 
They got a running back who's who's pretty nice, but he's he's been injury prone in in the course of his career. And they have um, Aaron Rodgers, and that's their whole offense. And, you know, yeah, they're a good team, but they're not going to win the Super Bowl like that. Yeah. So, like I said, it seems like when I look at the NFC in in as a whole. They all have flaws. There's nobody that's perfect. I mean, Seattle has a has a tough pass defense. They got a lot of injuries, and you're and you're asking yourself what's going on there. The Rams can't beat a team outside of the NFC East so far. How good are they really? You know. And then obviously, like I said, your fraudulent, your favorite team, your fraudulent Chicago Bears are five and one. <laughs> And with Nikki Six, I mean, yeah, yeah, they beat Carolina. They're not really going anywhere to to any significance. But how long will they stick around? So, yeah, the NFC to me, I still think they're they're really they're really gonna you know they're still a tough conference. And it's still you know it's still you know tough battles. But I feel like they're not superior right now compared to the AFC. When I look at the AFC, and we'll move to that now. I just see, you know, there's still two unbeaten teams, and they're playing each other in our game of the week when we preview on Sunday, the Steelers and the Titans. Obviously, the the Bills and the and the and the Chiefs played on Monday afternoon, Monday evening in in the cold rain, and hey, the Chiefs build a running game and they and they used it to perfection. They they played the game that the Bills normally play, and it worked to perfection. So big win there. But obviously, you know. Looking at the AFC, I mean, we know the Browns can't beat the Ravens or the Steelers. Both of their losses were blowout losses in their house, in both of their houses. And obviously, just looking, just looking around, and just everybody's still filling each other out. So, I mean, just looking at just looking at around. I mean, also the big story this week was even though Miami's been on a roll here, they've won three of their last four games after an zero and two start. Unfortunately, you know, despite Fitzmagic doing having a respectful year that would be Pro Bowl isk, they decide you know it's Tua's time. Tua's taking over, and normally you would take over when the season's already out of reach, but they still have a chance to potentially make the playoffs as a wild card team. So, to me, ask me this: Is that a risk that they're doing with Tua right now with the Dolphins when you're in a position to potentially make a run? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, the, the, the timing is questionable. I mean, I get the point that they're going into the bye week this week, so it gives Tua an extra week to prepare. But the fact of the matter is this team has, has had two blowout, blowout wins in the last two weeks, even though one of them's against the Jets. But nonetheless, you know, they, they blew out the Niners last week or two weeks ago, too. I mean, they've had two blowout wins. They're 3-1 and one in the last four games. It's past playing at a high level. And the NFC, or the AFC East isn't even a division that... It, it, like, it, it's not a division that there's a runaway team. The Bills have, have played well for the first four weeks, but the last two weeks they've gotten beat pretty bad. And, um, and the Patriots looked terrible last week anyway. You know, they haven't looked all that good. So the, the fact is the Dolphins are in the hunt. And, you know, they're turning the keys over to the rookie who is coming off a major injury. 
I, I would assume that they've seen enough out of him to think that he's healthy and he can play, but nonetheless, it's kind of questionable timing, but hey, they, 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 they think Tua is, is healthy enough to play. They've, I'm sure they've seen enough from him out of practice that he at least looks like he can play as well as um, Fitzpatrick, and, and maybe he can come in and play well, and they can make a run, but I, I don't I don't see it happening right at the moment. Yeah, like I said, I mean, it, it, the, yeah, the timing is questionable because normally when you replace a quarterback is when your team is struggling and your team is out out you know out of situation. You know, it just make it doesn't really make any sense. And I know Tua, you know, it's like I said, Tua obviously has been the most intriguing quarterback in this draft. And there's a lot of talent there. But, you know, he had the injuries in Alabama, especially last year where he had to have the hip surgery and other surgeries. But, like I said, if Miami still think if they think they can go to the playoffs with Tua in, in, his, in his rookie year, go right ahead and be my guess. Like I said, they're in, like I said, Buffalo is struggling. New England is struggling right now. So that opens the door for them to, to do a good job here. Brian Flores has done a very solid job at coaching. He could be a coach of the year candidate if, if Miami does make the playoffs. So, yeah, it it, it has that it, it is a controversial move, but like I said, they are on a bye week, so it makes sense from that situation to get him prepared an extra week to prepare him and he'll be ready to go, but we'll see what happens. And obviously looking at Joe Burrow and then looking at um Justin Herbert and what they're doing I mean, Justin Herbert's been has been outstanding, but unfortunately, like I predicted, the Chargers are very limited. They're not; they're just not deep enough to win games, and you know, and that sucks. But we'll see what happens there. And like I said, we'll look around there. And like I said, the Jets are. We all know the Jets are are are, are horrible, and we don't. We're not going to talk much about them because we know how bad it is. But we learned that. Greg Williams is not happy with what's going on. Adam Gase should not only be fired, he's at he rumoredly is asking management for to fire Gase so he can take over like he did in Cleveland a couple years ago. So do you so ask me this, just one little Jets thing. If they decide to do that, if they decide to give Greg Williams the head coach coaching thing and let Adam Gase go, do you think the Jets can win games? the same way Williams did with the Browns two years ago. No, man. I mean, look, I I said two years ago that the the Browns should have made um, Greg Williams their head coach after that run. But, um, I mean, let's face it, the Jets are horrible. They're not winning much, if any, games this year. And it doesn't matter if it's Gates or Greg Williams. Look at what Greg Williams' defense has done. The Jets' defense is horrible. They're getting they're getting toasted left and right. They suck. The team sucks. It doesn't matter who the coach is. This yeah. team's going nowhere. So, you know, we, we said preseason we did our top five team, or, top, yeah, top five, you could say, worst teams in the NFL. You know, teams that are going to have the top five draft picks in the league. And I told you back then, I said the Jets were going to have the number one pick in the draft because they're the worst team in the NFL. 
and it's coming true. Yeah. Kind of a silly question to ask you, but but when I hear criticism, like I said, Jamal Adams was smart to leave there, and obviously this tells you how pathetic it is, and they're heading for a 1-15 record at the rate they're going, and unfortunately, like I said, Rich Kotite syndrome has once again hit the New York Jets. Yeah, well, I mean, Adam Gase is a joke, and everybody knows it on that team. Everybody knew it when he was with the Dolphins after about a year, but it doesn't even matter, man. This team is so devoid of talent, and the, the players that they do have have no heart. That yeah. You can put Greg Williams in there. They might play harder for him and keep games closer, but, you know, they're not going to win more than two or three games all year. Yeah, it's it's a it's a bad deal. It really is. Like I said, it 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 just it, if you just look at this NFL, it's it's really bad because you got you got you you got nearly a half of the rest, rest half of the teams have two or less wins, including the it's just it's just so much bad football going around. And and can things get better? Sure, things can get better, but. I mean, the product of not having a preseason is obviously starting to affect, and obviously this COVID situation has obviously affected a lot of teams. It's getting to that point where, you know, like I said, this week has been a better week compared to what's been the last couple of weeks. There have not been a breakout of corona cases this week. But still, not having August preseason games is what's hurting the product right now. I mean, even though... We're scoring touchdowns at a rapid pace and at a at more at a more more pace than we've had ever. You know, defenses and everybody else. You know, everybody's still struggling to figure out their their footing because of the of the lack of no preseason games. So obviously, you know, we'll see what happens next year. Hopefully, things will be better next year with this virus situation with this pandemic that. Guy that when the rookies come in, the next group of rookies that come in next year will have their share to get themselves prepared. If if they le- play at least two preseason games, that's better than none. Because we go because that tells you why we need a preseason for a lot of these youngsters. And unfortunately, it, you just look around this league right now. I, I you know, it, it's it's very pathetic when I'm seeing the records and everything else. It's not been as competitive as we, we should as it should be. So. But, yeah, I mean, when it comes to the um, uh, preseason, you know, it's, it obviously hurt them for the first month of the season, at least the first few weeks. We're now over a month in the year. These guys should be in football shape. They should be ready to play. But um, nonetheless, I've always been one of these guys. We've been hearing it in the media for years that the preseason isn't necessary. We should have two games, not four, you know, stuff like that. And I've been—I've always been a guy that I like the four games, man. Um, it, it, it's one of those things where not only does it help from a preparation standpoint, but it helps you get to see some of these younger guys that aren't going to get showcased very much. If they can make the team, a guy like Travis Fulgham, hey, maybe he could have made a, made the team. Not not got stuck on the practice squad, you know. 
guys like that, you know, they they get they end up getting cut because they don't get a chance to actually show what they got to what they got in, in games. And you know, hey, if you don't like the fourth preseason game, then just play all the practice squad players. That's all. You know what? So so some so some dude in his basement gets upset that he has to watch practice squad players. Here's an idea: don't watch. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know. At least these guys have a chance to get out on the field and and show what they got. And in the meantime, yeah, those other three games where you can help prepare your players that you're expecting to contribute to the team. Yeah. Like I said, think about this. I mean, maybe that's the only good thing. There's no pre. There was no preseason games because Travis Fulcom wouldn't even be on the Eagles if there was. He probably wouldn't even be on this front in this roster if if it was. So, their loss, the Lions' loss, is our gain. So, obviously, you know, tough shit. (laughs) But, like I said, we talked about most of these teams, so let's just go to our matchup for tomorrow night. Like I said, normally the Eagles would always be our Sunday at the end and everything else, but we always play on Thursday night every year since this conception, so... We are playing again on Thursday night this this year, and it's tomorrow night. Obviously, both it's a it's again a terrible NFC East. We are guaranteed, unless they tie, to have not to have more than one for the first time to have more than one winner out of this out of this sorry ass division. But it took seven weeks to do so because both because both. Team, all four teams are playing each other this weekend, so that obviously opens that that scenario door. But for the Eagles, they play the Giants. They'll be in all black uniforms. I'm going to show you a picture after this after this broadcast of our of our crew, and then you know. But also, like I said, to me, this is going to be an interesting battle. The Eagles have owned the Giants. And in the decade 2010s, the Eagles were 16 and four in 20 matchups. In 20 matchups, the Eagles went 16 and four against the New York Giants. And like I said, here they are playing each other. And just like like the last two years, with the season on on the line, they play the Giants in a prime situation. So go ahead. Yeah, so I'm looking at the two quarterbacks in this game. Um, neither, of the, neither of them have really played well for, over the course of the year. You know, Wentz has played, Wentz played well the last couple of weeks, but he was pretty poor the first month of the season. Um, Daniel Jones, he's been bad all year. He's got three touchdowns, six interceptions, a 71 quarterback rating. And, he, he, I mean, just like Wentz, he's got a bad offensive line. He's getting crushed back there, but you know he's been he's been horrible. Wentz on the other side, he's been bad too. But again, just like Jones, he's had both guys have had awful offensive lines. Um, the Eagles, we've had, we've seen some individual players on that line step in and play well, like Jordan Mailata. But overall. Like I said, last week we were down to our four-string right tackle. You know, we had Jamon Brown playing right guard who got cut already. We picked him up off the street and then immediately cut him after a game. He was so bad. And 
you know, part of it's on Wentz because he holds on the ball too long. But Wentz has been sacked 25 times this year, which leads the NFL. And, um, yeah, he's, he's back to getting crushed. And we saw last week he got, he got hit hard a lot. And it's killing him. Um, one thing that has been a positive for the Eagles, like we said, Travis Fulgham. And um, he's been playing really well. He, we, we saw him last week. He played against, well, actually, the last two weeks. He's played against elite secondaries, and he's played very good. But um, overall, he's he played three games for the Eagles. And he's, he scored a touchdown in each game, which um, makes him the second player in Eagles history to score a touchdown in his first three games with, with the team. The only other team, the only other what, the only other player to do that is uh, Terrell Owens. Yo, your boy. So Hall of Famer. Exactly, exactly. So I mean, I'm not putting Fulgham in the same category as To, but hey, man, he's in a, he's in a, he's in rare company. On top of that, three games in the year, he's got a 90.3 pro football focus rating. I mean, that puts him in elite category right there. So the guy is playing at a really high level, and he's going up against a team that isn't very good. Compared to the last two teams that he's played, I expect a good game out of Fulgham. Um, my biggest concern here, like I said, in terms of the Eagles' offensive line, we're supposedly expecting Matt Pryor and Lane Johnson back which should solidify the line. But, again, <laughs> the, Eagles, the, the Eagles' defense has not been very good. We can get after the quarterback, which should help because Daniel Jones has been getting hit a lot, and that offensive line sucks. But I'm looking at Evan Ingram versus these linebackers, and uh, it's not a good matchup, man. Our, our linebackers suck. Evan Ingram is a guy that has it. He, uh, has a basically he he's like a wide receiver in a tight end body, and he he could uh, he could he could he could have a huge game against us, unfortunately. But um, but yeah, I mean, even with that, I just don't see the Eagle, how the Eagles can lose this game. You know, we've had a ton of success against the Giants over, over the years, and. I, I just don't see the Eagles losing this game. And like I said, man, we've had a ton of success. The Eagles have won six straight against the Giants. They've won 11 out of the last 12 against the Giants. And it, this has just been one of these things where over the last half a decade, the Eagles have dominated the series, and I think it's going to continue. So, yeah, I'm going to put I'm going to pick the Eagles here to finally get a win. I picked them to lose the last three weeks in a row. I'm going to pick them to win once. So, Eagles win. Final score of 23-16. Well, like I said, I mean, it's 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 a matchup that I'm looking for, that nobody's really looking forward to. You're not looking forward to it either, but obviously. Like I said, this is a big matchup. It's a Thursday night game. It's a Fox. Obviously, you know. But 
I said, it, it, it's going to be interesting because who is the more weaker situation? Because the Giants do have a decent D-line, but they do have a weak O-line. They always have for like the last several years. But the Eagles, obviously, their old line has not been good either. And like I said, Dak, I mean, uh, Dak, Carson has been sacked an average of seven, has been sacked average seven times per game this season. That's why he has 25 sacks against him. And he's on pace to have about 50-something. And like I said, I mean, you don't have a lot of weapons. Boston Scott's my my buddy, my actual buddy who I've met, is going to be carrying the the load since Booby Miles is not in the lineup. And Richard Rodgers, former Aaron Rodgers uh, weapon, will be the top tight end. Since they don't have since the Eagles will be out without Zach Ertz or da- still without Dallas Goddard either. So really looking at this Really, if you look at the the Giants situation, not having a uh, Saquon hurts this offense dramatically. They're just they don't have an, they just don't have anybody that can just carry them, you know. But if you look at their if you look at their weapons, like I said, Evan Ingram is their best weapon. He's been their best weapon this year. He scored the most touchdowns for them, and obviously he could be the big the big battle, you know, the big matchup if he goes off. Then Darius Slayton could go off, and it, it could be a two-man tandem. But like I said, Travis Fulcom has played very, very well through the first few, through the first few weeks, the last few weeks, and this is a matchup where everything has to come out. And like I said, Wentz is looking for the deep ball, so I expect John Hightower to have a big game. You know, John Hightower. Is playing and it's going to be up there. Deshaun is playing. Deshaun Jackson is playing, and he has a great history playing the Giants. But we don't think he's going to be at hundred percent. And Quez Watkins is also going to be in this game, and it, and you know we'll see what he can do. But yeah, I think the Eagles are going to win this game. I I do. It may be a struggle early, but the way this team has played the last couple of weeks. Has been positive, even though yeah they they've not won the last two weeks, but they've shown a lot fight, and those are two very good teams in Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Now you're playing a team that's not so good, and the Eagles are a four point favorite by the way. So obviously that tells you where the money line's going. So yeah, I think the Eagles are going to win this game. I think that by the fourth quarter this won't be a much of a game anymore. I think the Eagles are going to find a way. You know, they're going to do what they have to do, and they're going to start to turn this season around. Because it seems like every time they play the Giants, especially here here at the link, the season's at the brink of at the brink of, of destruction. But then they find a way to avoid the, 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 the explosion. So, the Eagles are going to find a way. I don't know how, but they're going to find a way. And the final score, 30-20. to 20. Yeah, I think they're going to score a little more than what you expect because it is the Giants. So, yeah. So, that's all we have for this week. I'm sure everybody will enjoy it when it goes out there, when I send it out here. And we will be back on Sunday. Even though we don't have an Eagles game to preview, we still have Week 7 to preview. A lot of intriguing games. And obviously, we'll look. We'll see what happens there. So, have a good night, folks. And...
you know, I said the election's coming up here in a couple of weeks, so please register to vote. I've already had that in my preview things that I've done earlier, so good good luck with that. So, good night, folks. All right, here we go. Another another Sunday NFL action, week seven. Like I said, the Eagles already have played, so we aren't going to look at that game. You know, we you know they beat the Giants, but we're going to look at that game like all the other games on the Look Back program this Wednesday and every Wednesday, as we know. But like I said, a lot of critical matchups here today. Like I said, Dallas trying to stay alive in the NFC East, trying to keep that lead. Obviously, there's a few games that have been moved around. A big, big matchup, our game of the week, of a battle of unbeatings. That'll be our last game we look at. But as for as usual, we will look at our unanimous choices. And there are only two this week. Obviously, the first one, we'll always start off with, you know, the Jets. Pathetic. Horrible. And today, they host a team that's sadly lost their last two games, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, man. So, um, you know, there's, I think I'm, there's a new thing I'm going to throw into our talks on Sundays, which, um, you know, I, I, I like to uh, throw some money down on some of these games. Um, really only like one game a week. I try to find like my 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 uh, lead pipe lock, so to speak. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that to you too every every week too, like my pick of the week for. Um, betting-wise. Okay. I thought about the Bills for a minute, but I don't know. I, I don't like betting on divisional games. At the same time, the Bills, like you said, haven't been playing all that well the last two weeks. I think they'll rebound, but yeah, this is it. This is a... I mean, taking the spread out, this is an easy win for the Bills regardless. But yeah, it's not my, my lock. Even though these are two losing teams right now, they're not looking good. The other one is the Chargers over Jacksonville. We we know that Justin Herver has played exceptionally well this season as a rookie. He's had, he's cold his own against the best and the best in this business. But they're at home today. It's a winnable game. Jacksonville's is starting to, to to look like the worst team in football, even though they're not. You know they're probably the second or third worst. But we give the Chargers the break here today. Yeah, that one's a easy. Should be an easy win for the Chargers, and you know there's been reports the last week that your boy Minshew might get benched soon. So, you know there was a, that that tells you the state of the Jaguars, who they actually look some of those fans out there and the team. You know they actually like Minshew, but he sucks. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, we're going to start our look around this today. Obviously, these are two teams that are struggling. Atlanta coming off their first win of the season last week. Or actually, did they win? Did they play Minnesota. Did they play Minnesota last? No, yeah, they did play Minnesota. Yeah, they're, they're coming off their first win of the season last week after they got rid of their head coach the week before. Detroit is on a win or else situation with their head coach. He did win in Jack. They did win in Jacksonville last week, and today they stayed down south. We're going a little further up north, still in the south, playing ATL today. Stafford versus Ryan, two quarterbacks who 
by this time next year may not be with with their roster, with their teams. And there are rumors about Matt Ryan, rumors that could be his final game as the Falcons' quarterback. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, this is two really bad teams. Um, and again, Matt versus Matt. But um, you know, these are both, again, like you said, these are two quarterbacks that over their careers they put up big numbers, but they just don't win even though Matt Ryan made it to the Super Bowl that one year. But obviously we saw what happened. Even so, Matt Stafford, he puts up big numbers, but he never wins anything. No typical line. So, um, with this, I, we, we looked at uh, last week, Julio Jones came back to play for the Falcons. He had a huge game. I think that's going to continue this week. I'm looking at Matt Ryan to have a big game. Julio... Calvin Ridley, you know, I think the whole trio. I think it's going to be a big game from those guys, and uh, and really, the Lions. You might get some decent stats out of Stafford, but the Lions aren't going to win this game. I think Atlanta gets the win here, so I'm going to get, go with the Falcons here with a final score of 38-27. <laughs> Matt versus Matt, <laughs> how peculiar. <laughs> yeah, but obviously, yeah, you should you should know. But anyway, like I said, looking at this matchup, I mean, these are two great quarterbacks who have put up great numbers over the years, but obviously has not had much success when it matters. And the Falcons have been a mess this year. They've been very very. They've struggled. They've they're court. They're they've blown games. Their head coach got fired. They won last week, and now they're trying to get their first home win of the season. And there are major rumors about Matt Ryan's immediate future, that he is up for a trade. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen because it's kind of very much a high risk, and they don't have really a quarterback in his, in his, in his up, you know, as backup is on his level to be a guy to take over. I don't even know who this backup really is. So I don't think that that's going to happen, but you never know because I'm sure the Falcons will want a clean house. And, you know, because they're not going anywhere in their division. So, at this point. The Lions, they're struggling, but they won last week. But they beat Jacksonville, so it is what it is. But today is going to be a battle, a quarterback duo battle. But I agree with you. I think the Falcons will win. It's going to be a high-stakes battle, a, uh, a battle of, of you know, high-scoring and situation. Both defenses aren't really playing great either. So I have the Falcons winning, and the final score thirty-four to thirty-one. You know, are you there? Uh oh. Can you hear me? Oh yeah, I hear you. Now I hear you. My phone cut out there for a second. Yeah, we did. Whoa. I think it just switched from. Um, um, get my get the the Verizon signal to my Wi-Fi. So all right. Well, I said that the the Falcons will win thirty four thirty one. Yeah, yeah. I heard. I heard. I was able to hear you. You couldn't hear me for some reason. Yeah. All right. We're gonna move on to a matchup. Like I said, the Cleveland Browns are are kind of an interesting team. They're four and two, but their two losses are against division foes on the road and there were blowout losses you know 
Baltimore in week one, opening week, and then last week in, in Pittsburgh. Well, today they played their third division road game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Even though I don't think it should be a blowout, like I say, it could be an interesting game. You know, a lot, a lot on the line here. Obviously, the Browns try to stay into in the in the wild card because they're currently there. So, big matchup here. Can can the Bengals pull a, pull a mild upset today? Go ahead. Yeah, man. This is one of those. This is another one that I thought this, this could be a potential lock to me. Um, um, the Browns are favored by three and a half, and. Uh, you know, you said it. You said it might be close. It could be. You know, again, I, I don't like to bet on divisional games because you never know what's going to happen. But when I look at this game, man, I, I look at Joe Mixon's out, which means that <laughs> they've lost their best player on offense, which means that it's going to be all on Joe Burrow. And when I look at this, the matchup between these two teams. The biggest the, the biggest mismatch I see is that Browns front seven versus the Bengals offensive line. That Bengals offensive line might be the worst in the league. It, it, it's definitely bottom five, and they're going to get crushed. And Joe Burrow is going to be taking a beating today. And um, yeah, man, this one, it, this, like I said, this is just a three and a half point spread. So this is one of those ones that I would bet on if I wasn't going against my rules of betting divisional games. So, yeah, Bengals win this one easy, man. Um, or, yeah, Bengals. Browns win this one easy. Sorry. Um, final score here, Cleveland, 34. Cincinnati, 16. Yeah, like I said, I don't expect this, this trend to continue for the Browns on the road against the division. Obviously, Baltimore and Pittsburgh are, are at the top of this conference. When you look at Cincinnati, they're a team rebuilding, and they have a rookie quarterback who's taking his share of lumps. And Joe Burrow, he has he's the second most sack quarterback in the league right now. And like I said, the Browns have played well this year, but obviously that's because of their new coach Kevin Stefanski hiding the weaknesses of Baker Mayfield. He's trying to make sure Baker doesn't throw the ball very much. And even though Baker doesn't lead the league in interceptions, he does have six on the season. So he has to stop throwing the ball like he like he like his life depends on it. Obviously, they run the ball very well, but Nick Chubb is sadly out for a few weeks with an injury. So, you know, he, you know, they, so that, you know, Kareem Hunt's done a good job, but he needs a, he needs a wingman. So at this point, I think the Browns should win comfortably today. I mean, like I said, the Bengals are, you know, they're still learning. They're still searching. So the Browns should win comfortably today. A little closer game than your than your prediction. Browns win and the final score thirty to twenty. All right, we're gonna go. We're gonna go. Uh, all right, we'll just continue in the AFC here. We have we actually have our we actually have our first snow game of the season. You know, in Denver, about six to eight inches of snow is expected in the forecast today. And most of this country, I don't know about where you're at, but most of this country is now in chilly air. It's only in the 50s here, barely 50 here in Philly. And out there and out west is obviously much colder. And today, Kansas City goes out there to face the Broncos. You know, they're coming off a big win last week 
on Monday against the the Bills in rain. So they're so they're obviously used to the weather elements. The Broncos are coming off a shocking win in New England. They didn't even score a touchdown to win. They scored with th- with six field goals. But obviously, they're going to have to score a touchdown today if you're going to beat Andy Reid's offense and, and Patrick Mahomes. So, big matchup here. Chiefs hoping to not lose their second straight division game. So, go ahead. Yeah, so when you look at the Chiefs um, for the season, they've played well outside their division overall. You know, they, they, they beat the Texans. 34 to 20. They beat the Ravens 34 to 20. They beat the Patriots 26-10. And the last week they beat the Bills 26-17. But even even those games, you look at the the numbers and this is a team we're used to putting up 40 points almost weekly, you know. Patrick Mahomes playing at a crazy level and you know they're not, the the offense isn't putting up the same numbers points-wise, anyway, that, that, that they have in the past. And then when you look at what they've done in the, in the division, um, they barely snuck by the Chargers 23-20 in overtime, which, you know, they needed a late comeback. and They, they barely won that game. They really should have lost that game. And then they lost the, the Raiders 40-32. So, um, yeah, they, they haven't played well inside the division. The offense overall has been a little bit disappointing. Over the over the course of the season, but like you said, it's going to be a snow game potentially, and the snow games benefit the offense, man. Um, rain games benefit the defense. Snow games benefit the offense, and um, this is one where I think that that offense is going to get get rolling here. Um, Drew Locke's back. Noah Fant is coming back this week. I think uh, I, I like that connection for the Broncos. But in the end, I think the Chiefs are going to put up a lot of points today, and uh, and the Broncos aren't going to be able to keep pace at all. So I got the, uh, I got the um, uh, Chiefs winning this one with a final score of 44-20. to 20. Yeah, like I said, ironically, these two teams played last year in the snow, and this will be their second straight meeting in a snow game, this time in Denver. That was in Kansas City. So, I mean, Kansas City, like I said, there you know, you're, there were questions, you know, and unfortunately when they lost to the Raiders, there were even more questions of how good this this team really is compared to last year. Like I said, it's hard to repeat. There hasn't been a repeat winner in the NFL in 16 years of the Super Bowl. But obviously, Kansas City is still a viable contender. They're still at the top of this division. Denver is very limited offensively. You know, last week they they played a very smart game against New England, but they used six field goals. They could not score a touchdown. That's rare to do in this league to win on field goals. But obviously, today it's going to be different. They're going to have to score points. Philip Lindley ran the ball very well last week. and I <coughs> Excuse me. I think he's going to run well today. This is kind of a game, like you said, offenses benefit in the snow, and running the ball is is key in this game more than anything. And I think that that's going to help help out there for Drew Locke and company. But like I said, you're going against Patrick Mahomes, and and you know he's going to throw the ball, and he's had a lot of success in Denver. You know, he made his pro debut three years ago at the end of this 2017 season, and obviously... He's three and zero 
in Denver. So, like I said, I think that you know it's the the trend's going to continue. It's going to be a tough. It's going to be tough for um for Denver to hang on. And I agree with you. I think Kansas City wins pretty easily, and the final score thirty seven to twenty. Yeah, man. All right, we're going to go to the NFC South next. Lyle Ruber's going around with the Saints. Obviously, Michael Thomas is still not coming back from his injury. He was actually disciplined. They're coming off of a bye, but he was disciplined. He was supposed to return for that Monday night game against the Chargers, but he was disciplined by by Sean Payton for an incident with a teammate. And unfortunately, his injury has re-flared up again, and he is not in the lineup, and there are rumors going around that he could be traded this coming week in the trade deadline. He will not play along with uh, another another one of the receivers, the Emmanuel Sanders. He is also out today. Carolina's coming off a tough loss to uh, Chicago at home. They played the Saints very tough. They played especially in this building over the last few years. They haven't won, but obviously it should be interesting to see here for for Carolina to go out there and try to win today. It should be an interesting game. You know, will Breeze be tough? Will they be sharp? We'll see. So go ahead. Yeah, so um, like you said, Michael Thomas is the story of this game. He, uh, he missed he got injured week one. He's missed a bunch of games, and um, he, you know, he, he, like you said, he got suspended. Now all of a sudden, this week he comes up with some phantom injury where he's going to miss another week, potentially even next week. Or somehow they already know that he might miss next week too with this like phantom hamstring injury. I feel like the team is trying to get rid of him, and they don't want to bring him back. Um, and that's going to hurt, man, because Breeze hasn't been impressive. And overall, this team hasn't been impressive. But the Panthers are not a good team, and they're not going to be able to stick with the, the Saints overall. So um, this game, I think the Saints win it pretty easily. But I'm going to put the final score here at um, Saints win 34-22. Thirty-four twenty-two. Yeah. All right. Well, like I said, number for you on this one. <laughs> well, like I said, we get to this point of the year where the trade deadline's up for grabs, and unlike in other sports, it's hard to trade good players knowing how the, the how the league is and league and offensive systems work. But unlike most years, it may not be as big an issue because of of the lack of situation because of this pandemic and how teams are run today. And obviously, Michael Thomas' name is once again on a lot of people's minds. And, you know, unfortunately, it's amazing how he's gone from one of the elite receivers that broke Marvin Harrison's reception record last season to a guy that's disgruntled and needs to go. And unfortunately, that's something the Saints are going to have to deal with here over the next couple of days. And... Like I said, it's been it's not been easy this year. The Saints have looked at times off compared to what they are. And as the after as the season goes on, you know, can they hang with Tampa Bay? You know, Tampa Bay is obviously rolling right now. And 
The big story we'll make we'll talk about that today. They were in the news again today this week, but we'll talk about that when we get to that game. It's obviously what will the Saints do there? Like I said, no Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, Carolina's not a pushover team right now. They're they're going to play tough today. And like I said, Teddy Bridgewater has done a very good job. And obviously, this offense has adjusted nicely without without uh, what you would call it, uh, Christian McCaffrey. And this is probably his last game without him today. He probably will return after this game. But at this point, this is going to be a tougher game than, you, than you're predicting. I think that Carolina has a legit chance here today. You know, this game could even go to overtime. To be honest with you, but I think it's going to come. It's going to come up towards the last few, few few moments, and obviously, I think the Saints will hang on because they're at home. Obviously, they're what they want to stay in in sync with Tampa Bay. So the Saints will win in a close one, and the final score thirty one to twenty seven. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I think it's going to be a blowout, but you think it's going to be close, so. Yeah. He's right. If either of us. Yeah. All right, we're going to go to, uh, we're going to go to the Monday night matchup. Obviously, these are two teams that right now would be in the postseason. Two very intriguing teams. On one side, you have Nikki Foles and the Bears. They're finding ways to win games. As much as you don't like this team at all, they're finding ways to win. Like I said, they're 5-1. and one. Right now, you know, they're leading the NFC North and doing very and they're doing a decent job defensively. For the Rams, they're coming off a tough loss in San Francisco last Sunday night. And there's a lot of questions about how good they really are because all their wins, all four of their wins was against the NFC East. They haven't won outside of the division. They're 0-2. So what are they? What are they really? This should be an interesting because these are two teams that are kind of of similarities. Strong defenses, decent offenses. So go ahead. Yeah, man. So, um, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm, I don't like the Bears. I don't think they're – I think they're a garbage team. The Rams, look, man – Jared Goff is not an elite quarterback. He's not a franchise quarterback. He never will be. But he, when he plays with he can when he plays within the system and they have a good running game, he's 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 fine. And in this game, the uh, Bears are going to have a tough time. You know, I, I get that the that the uh, Rams have only beaten NFC East teams, so they really haven't played anybody yet. But they're 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 a talented team in their own right. Whereas the Bears, let's, I'm, let's be honest, man, they're not that good. Their defense is okay, nothing special. Their offense is garbage. Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky, it doesn't matter. Their offense is garbage. They're not going anywhere. And um, yeah, the Rams are going to win this one. It's not going to be a blowout just because that defense is pretty good. For the Bears, it's not great, but it's pretty good. It'll be good enough to keep them in the game for a while, but the Rams pull away at the end. So, Rams win. Final score here of, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say 
Like I said, this is an intriguing matchup for both of these teams. It will tell us a lot about them. Like I said, the Bears have obviously won with defense at low-scoring games. They've been in mostly low-scoring games this season. Nick Foles just hasn't had to done much, you know, and, and obviously played the game manager role at this point in his career. But obviously it's working because he's still he's got, he's he's made it this far and, and the success is doing well. For the Rams, like I said, what are they? Are they, are, you know, are they, they're an NFC East killer, but all, what are they in reality? Are they a contending team? Are they a playoff team? And right now, I think they're in the middle of that, of either, you know, of situation. Like I said, they're, they're off to a decent, they, they have good offense, obviously. You know, Jerichoff is in the top 15 in pass range, so he's doing his deal. You know, Robert Woods has had a decent year, Cooper Cup and company. But, like I said, you know, where are they? Can they, you know, and tonight, and, and, sudden, and, and Monday night should be interesting to see what they are. And, you know, I think that at the end, you know, it's going to come down to the last few moments of the game, the fourth quarter. And I think that, you know, the, the Rams will find a way. This is a big game for them, and they will pull away there at the end. I just think that offensively I can trust the Rams more than the Bears. And I think the Rams will finally get their first win outside the NFC East. So they win, and the final score is 27 to 17. <laughs> now, there was a change in the scheduling the su- on Thursday. The Sunday night matchup on, su- on Thursday afternoon was going to be Tom Brady going to Las Vegas playing the Raiders. That game was put, was moved for a NFC West matchup for Seattle and and Arizona. That game we'll we'll discuss here in a moment. But the game that we will discuss originally is the Tampa Bay Las Vegas Raiders, which is now a late afternoon game on Fox. You know, or just a regular, or just in theory, a regular afternoon game for them. So, so Tom Brady coming in here, a big. A big matchup here, playing the Raiders. In fact, I was watching the game, a game from 2002 where the Raiders beat Tom Brady. But obviously, Brady going against a team that he's had, you know, and it's the scene of the crime for John Rude. He's playing Tom Brady, the tuck rule game. <laughs> and he's and more importantly, this is big for Gruden. He's playing his old team on top of that, the team he won the Super Bowl with. So, but also big news Antonio Brown, in two weeks, will make his 2020 debut in Tampa Bay. He is going to play with Tom Brady, so the team get the the strength gets stronger. So big matchup here for both teams in their playoff chances. So go ahead. Yeah. So um, you know this is a matchup that you don't see very often, but this team does have a lot of, these two teams do have a lot of uh, recent history when you look at this game. Um, specifically, like you said, the tough rule game. But, again, like you said, he's not playing this week, obviously, but Antonio Brown is going to Tampa. And um, this is a team that already has Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, um, Scotty Miller has looked good. So, you know, that, that bolsters an even 
even deep bolsters even more a really good receiving staff, even though they've had a ton of injuries. But um, but yeah, man, <laughs> this this one I think this is going to be a tough game for the Raiders. The Bucks seem to be starting to um, get get a little bit of rhythm going on offense. Brady played great against the Packers last week, or he played really well, and that team played great. Um, it blew them out, and I think it's going to continue, man. I think uh, I think the Bucks are going to take it to the Raiders this week. So, Bucks win easy. I'm going to put the final score here at 40 to 27. Like I said, it's been kind of a topsy-turvy season for the Raiders. They have some tough losses, but they have some big wins as well. And obviously, they're going, they're playing Tom Brady, John Gruden. This should be big for him, the team he won the Super Bowl. And obviously, the last time the Bucks made the playoffs, he was their head coach. And he's playing Tom Brady in the tuck rule game from 2002. But looking at this situation... Like I said, Tampa Bay, they, they're getting Antonio Brown after their after the break, and they're going to obviously be a date. They, they could have sealed a potential to be that top NFC team. We'll see what happens there. But today they, they're not playing with him at all. So the Raiders, and that has to make Raider fans feel any better. <laughs> they get the news that Brown is joined the Bucks, but they don't have to worry about him playing him. So but it should be an interesting matchup. Like I said, you know, Brady has struggled a little bit on the road this year. You know, he's two and he's he's one and two on the road. So obviously, you know, this is a big matchup here. He's obviously had success he's has he has a wig record against the Raiders over over the years, obviously. So this should be an interesting matchup. Derek Carr's having a solid year. I'm thinking he's having probably one of his better years of his career. But, like I said, it's going to be a tight... I, I think, unlike you, I think this is going to be a tight matchup. You know, obviously, I don't know if there's going to be any fans at the game. I don't think there is. There hasn't been any in Vegas yet. And it's a, it, it, it is indoors, so that's a, that is another issue there for teams. But, obviously, I think that at the end of the day, it should be a, it should be a battle. But I think Tampa Bay will hold, hold on in a, in, a, in a tight one. And they win, and the foul score, 34-27. to 27. All right, we're going to go to Houston for a big matchup. Why is a 1-5 team a big matchup? But, like I said, it should be interesting to see what, you know, they are a competitive 1-5 team, but Green Bay's coming off a very tough loss last week. Their first loss of the season, it was not, it was not pretty at all. It was it was a struggle, and today, you know, they play Houston in a big matchup. Like I said, try to get back on track. Houston tried to get their season on track as well. Like I said, with Deshaun Watson, but should be an interesting quarterback matchup. A Raj versus Deshaun. Go ahead. Yeah, man. Well, I mentioned I'm gonna start giving you my um, my lead pipe lock for the week, and this is it, man. Um, I'm looking at this game. We got a spread here of three and a half points. You know, the, the Packers are obviously favored to win by three and a half. Um, and uh, and Houston's been Houston's been pretty much bad all year. You know, they won, but 
once once they fired Bill O'Brien, but whatever, man. This team's not good. Bill O'Brien sort of pulled a Chip Kelly and and got rid of a ton of talent on that team, and now they're paying the price, man. And uh, and um, meanwhile, the Packers are coming off that loss to the to the Bucks. You know, a guy like Aaron Rodgers is a, is a competitor. You know, he just lost to Tom Brady. This is one Hall of Famer losing to another Hall of Famer, and he's not gonna he's not not gonna take that lightly, man. He's 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 gonna take it to the uh, he's gonna take it to the um, 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 Texans here today, and it's not gonna be pretty. I think Brady's gonna have a big game, or yeah, I think Rogers is gonna have a big game. I look I look at the um, Texans. I think Watson. Watson's a gamer, man. He'll keep him in the game, but they just don't have the talent to hang in there, especially when the Packers and Aaron Rodgers are having a big game. And I think they're going to. Um, and really, when you look at it, like I said, when you're looking at the uh, when you're looking at the um, point spread here of three and a half points, the Texans, their losses, all their losses have come at from at six points or more. So. You know they haven't really even really even been in those games, so I think that's going to continue, man. Um, Rogers is going to take it to this team. He's pissed. He's going to have a. He's going to come out and he's going to really have a big game. The only thing that worries me even a little bit is the fact that Aaron Jones is out and David Bakhtiari, their left tackle, is out. But nonetheless. I don't think it's going to matter. I think this game's going to be all about Aaron Rodgers. I think he's going to throw for close to 400 yards, four touchdowns, and and uh, Green Bay wins this one. They cover the spread. It's, it's the uh, you can call it my lead pipe lock. It's it's locked in and sealed. Packers win this one. Final score. I'm going to put this at 41-31. So we have unanimous picks, lead pipe locks, and game of the week. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. We we get creative. We are we are much more creative this season than we've been ever. But obviously, let's go to this matchup. Like I said, Green Bay is coming off a very tough loss last week, a very embarrassing loss. Because where where they were, they had no turnovers through the first four weeks, and then they played Tampa Bay, and they weren't prepared at all. The one pick six ruined everything, and they blew out. And it turned out to a blowout loss. Obviously, they're in Houston. Rarity. This is only their. I think this is their second time in Houston. No, they played their. This is their third meeting in Houston. But obviously, you know it should be interesting to see Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, doesn't you don't want to play a great quarterback after a loss because they don't. They they're great and they're not going to lose again like that. So obviously it should be interesting to see what happens. You know, Devontae Adams is questionable coming into this game. I don't know if he's going to play or not, but we'll see. I think that, you know, Houston's going to make it competitive. They're at home. They normally play decent at home. So I think that it should be interesting. But I do agree with you on not only the game, but the spread. I think that, you know, since it is a three and a half points, which is shocking, it it should be at least seven. Because one team is four and one, the other is one and five. But I do think that Green Bay is going to cover, and I do think they're going to win pretty comfortably here. You know, Deshaun Watson's going to will his team as much as he can. 
But at the end of the day, it's not going to be enough. So Green Bay wins, and the foul score, 37-24. Now here's a bad... Now, here's a matchup a lot of people are really looking forward to all of a sudden. Jimmy Garoppolo used to be the backup quarterback in New England and won two Super Bowls under Belichick and Tom Brady. Now, he is in San Francisco and just led his team to a Super Bowl appearance. If Belichick had his way with Brady and management, Robert Kraft, the Brady era could have ended a year or two earlier than it did. But it didn't because he won that battle. He was the grown-up in the room, and Belichick had to just play a secondary role. So he traded Garoppolo. Now, here we are three years later. Brady era is over, but Garoppolo is now in San Francisco. Big matchup here in the late afternoon spot here in New England. So go ahead. Yeah, so the um, the Patriots had a rough game last week, and they're looking to come back. Um, obviously, Cam came back last week after get, after uh, getting off the uh, the Corona list. So who knows? I don't know if he was in great condition or not. But either way, the Patriots had a rough one. And um, meanwhile, the Niners. They've been banged up all year. They got a ton of injuries. And looks like Raheem Mostert's out. So, I mean, again, we're looking at not much out of their running back position. Jimmy G has, has sucked this year. Um, man, I just, I, I, I just, I, I see a, a tough game again for the Niners here, man. I think that Patriots defense is going to get after Jimmy G and shut down that offense overall. And I think I think uh, another week removed from uh, coronavirus, I think uh, I think Cam Newton's going to have a pretty good game. The other thing I, we looked at, we saw last week, obviously the Patriots got down big early, and um, Damian Harris, they're, they're, well, I mean, I guess you could call them their top running back. The Patriots don't really have a top running back. They, they like to give the, spread the ball around, but he's, he's their best running back talent-wise, and he only had six carries last week, mainly because of what happened early in the game and they got down big early. I think this week they're going to um, come out there and they're going to they're gonna put more of a focus on running the ball, and I think the Patriots take it to them here. You know, Jimmy G might be looking for revenge, but he's not going to get it this time. So, the Patriots get the victory here with a final score of 33-23. Well, I said this is should be a big this should be big because for Belichick he groomed Jimmy Garoppolo as the heir apparent to Tom Brady, and unfortunately, thanks to Brady and Robert Kraft, he lost that argument and had to trade him to San Francisco, and it's been smooth sailing ever since for Garoppolo. He obviously has done a great job becoming their franchise quarterback and leading them to an NFC championship into a season ago. New England, obviously, they're coming off a tough loss last week against the Broncos. Like I said, Cam Newton wasn't very sharp. He struggled. He had a couple fumbles. The running backs had a few fumbles. 
He had he also threw two interceptions. Like I said, I mean, like I said, the makeup of of the, of the Patriots is starting to show. Of what are they? Are they really a team that's going to still be relevant without Brady? And obviously, we shouldn't worry about Brady anymore when we talk about New England. They've moved on. He's moved on. So it's obvious that everything is what it is. But the Patriots are struggling right now. They're struggling trying to you know play a, a certain style of defense. Whatever they did last week did not work against the Broncos, and they lost on six field goals by the Broncos. And today's not going to be an easy matchup for either team, but I think New England's going to have it even tougher. I mean, like I said, the last time the 49ers played New England was in 2012, and they won on Sunday night on their way to an NFC championship. And I don't like New England's chances today. We're going to go against each other in this matchup. I think somehow the, you know, yeah, they're not, they don't have Raheem Bozer, but they'll find a way to run the ball. And obviously, they'll find a way to get the ball out, you know. And I think the 49ers will find a way out here. This is a big matchup for Garoppolo, you know. He went, He obviously thought he would be the Patriots' quarterback today. But unfortunately, that didn't happen because of circumstances. So, I think that today, the 49ers are going to find a way because Cam is kind of limited anyway. He doesn't throw the ball that much. They run the ball. They try to be like Baltimore. And they're just... They're just they're, they're they don't the, the offensive line's not set up to do that right. So, I think that it's going to be a close matchup. It's going to be a battle, but I think the 49ers win on a field goal. So, 49ers win on a big and plus it's a late afternoon game, so that helps them as well. They'll be playing like it's one o'clock out there. So the final score: San Francisco twenty-seven, New England twenty-four. <laughs> All right, we're going to go to the Sunday night matchup, and obviously, you know, we got we got you know you know hurry up a little bit here, but we have three more matchups to go here. Seattle and Arizona, like I said, this is the Seattle. They're coming off of a bye, but this is their first division game. They're the last team to not play a division game yet. Arizona's coming off a dominant victory on Monday night in Jerry World. They host Seattle, which has not been as easy. And this should be an interesting matchup here. So go ahead. Yeah, I mean, this should be a good game. Um, Seattle's defense has been bad all year. And um, the Cardinals' offense, you know, they've been disappointing for the most part all year. But we saw last week um, they took it to the Cowboys, who had another awful defense. And... um, and um, Kenyon Drake had a big game. Well, sort of. He had a decent game, and then he had a big run at the end, which is related to stats. So stats-wise, he had a big game. But uh, um, maybe maybe that's something that he can grow on and take and help out with the with this one. But um, this is going to come down to uh, Kyler Murray versus Russell Wilson. And let's be honest, man. Russell Wilson is playing at an MVP level this year. He's putting up crazy numbers. He's, he's the offense is going berserk, and Kyler Murray's in his second year. Really hasn't shown a whole lot of growth over last year. And while the Seahawks defense does suck, that their offense is going to put up points, and I just don't think that Kyler Murray can keep pace, and I don't think that offense can keep pace with the Seahawks offense. 
So, I mean, to me, it's not going to be a blowout, but it is going to be a fairly easy win for Seattle. So, I'm going with the Seahawks here with a final score of 37-24. Like I said, Seattle's coming off of a bye. This is their sixth game, and half of them have been on Sunday night and the second straight. Obviously, you know, Russell Wilson's played at an MVP level. He's still to this day, he's still, as of this week, leads all quarterbacks in touchdowns with 16. And like I said, he's on he's on a record pace to throw about maybe 46, maybe. Obviously, you look at what he's done and what this team has done. Like I said, their defense has struggled, especially against the pass. And that's something that you kind of wonder as, as when you play competitive, tougher teams down the road. Like I said, it will be interesting to see what happens there. You know, DK Metcalf is having a monster year. You know he has he has seven touchdowns catches. So to me, it's really it's really interesting to see how much more dominant and Tyler Lockett's doing well as well. Like I said, Arizona, like I said, they're coming off probably the most dominant victory in a long time. They destroyed the de- the Cowboys last week. It wasn't even that was one of the most embarrassing Monday night games ever. And to you know this this should be an interesting one. Obviously, as of Thursday, this wasn't supposed to be a Sunday night game. It was supposed to be later. I mean, uh, a 1 o'clock game out there. But things have changed. Al Michaels likes the matchup. He took it. He pulled the plug on it, and he's making it happen. So he and Chris are out there, and they're going to call this game. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Like I said, DeAndre Hopkins is questionable with an ankle injury, but I think he's going to play. And obviously, you know, Kyler Murray's having a solid year. He's having a Pro Bowl year in his own right. Even though he won last week on nine on nine throws. He only completed nine balls. But it'll be interesting to see what happens here. You know, like I said, critical matchup in this division where the last place team has a better record than the first place team in our division. So, <laughs> what can you tell? But I think I agree with you. I think Seattle's going to win. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, though. You know, I think that you know Arizona is a worthy contender, and they're going to push Russell Wilson. They're going to push that pass defense to the brink. So I think Seattle's going to win. Not you know not big time, but they'll win in some way. And the final score, thirty-two to twenty-four. Well. The, the the matchup of the well forget it the matchup sucks obviously it's an you know we're guaranteed unless these two teams tie of two NFC East winners in the same week and it has yet to happen this season it's a traditional historic matchup goes back to their first year 1960 and obviously it's a big matchup Dallas and Washington. And Dallas is owned Washington. They've won seven of their last eight meetings. But Dallas is not with Dak anymore. It's Andy Dalton's team. And they're coming off their most embarrassing loss in a long, long time. Washington, after they destroyed the Eagles in week one, 
has done very much nothing and have played round-robin carousel with the quarterback position. Kyle Allen gets another start today, but Alex Smith will be waiting in the wings if he screws up or gets hurt. So a big matchup here for first place in the NFC East if Dallas wins. Go ahead. Yeah, man. I mean, when you look at the Cowboys versus the Eagles in terms of their offense, it's kind of similar, you know. Both teams have been ravaged with injuries, particularly on the offensive line. The Cowboys' offensive line has been has is a shell of what it once was. Um, the difference between the two offenses is the Cowboys got nailed with that ma- a major injury at quarterback. Back's done. They're, they're looking at Andy Dalton, but they still have their receivers and their, and running backs and their skill position players. Meanwhile, the Eagles. Have been man, have been ravaged with injuries at their skill positions, but they still have their supposed franchise quarterback and win. Um, so, you know, it's, that that part's vice versa. But either way, both teams have had a ton of injuries, especially on the offensive side of the ball, and um, it, it's hurting them. The difference is the, the Cowboys' defense has been absolutely horrendous all year. And it, it's killing that team, man. Um, they're, they're so bad. They, they could drop 35, 40 points, and they still might lose a game. But in this one, they're going up against the Redskins, who, like you said, Kyle Allen sucks. And I think the Redskins are going to struggle to score 20. You know, even against as bad defense, as, as bad as they are, Kyle Allen and that offense is going to have a tough time dropping 20 points. And um, and that's 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 why the Cowboys are going to win this one pretty easily. Um, so yeah, man, it might be a divisional game, but the fact is the Redskins are as bad as they as, as we've seen them in fifteen twenty years. You know, they're just as bad as ever. And Ron Rivera doesn't matter who their coach is, man. They, they just suck. So. Cowboys win, and I think uh, Andy Dalton actually has a decent game, too, by the way. So, Cowboys win, final score, 33-13. Hey, you know, it's funny about this game, until until yesterday, this was a pick game. And, you know, the the Vegas line, you know, this was a game, you you know, you're doing, we'll do lines now. This was a game you probably want to stick go away from. But this is—it's a traditional NFC East matchup. These two teams—it's a traditional rivalry. They have a long history going back decades, you know, sixty years. This rivalry, but obviously, you know, it's—it's it's not what it used to be. You know, Dallas has owned Washington over the last several years. Their last Washington's last victory against Dallas was in two thousand eighteen, and that was in their last eight games. Their only win, and unfortunately, you know. It's not a sexy matchup, and the weather's not going to help. It's going to rain today. It's going to be a chilly, raw rain today down there in the nation's capital, and it's just going to be a bad. It's going to be a sloppy game. Like I said, Zeke Elliott had two fumbles last week. Dallas actually leads all teams in turnovers with fifteen. Shockingly, you would think it's the Eagles, but Dallas leads all all teams in turnovers, and th- and they're just sloppy. You know, both teams are sloppy. Like Washington is weak. They're very weak. They're not good offensively. Nobody is doing anything offensively. And they don't have a quarterback that they can trust. 
But Dallas, obviously, you know, they don't have the old line anymore. And Andy Dalton looks, look, it's not the Andy Dalton of the mid-2010s. He's the Andy Dalton that went down the ship with Bengals the last several years. And this matchup today is just going to be one of those days where everybody's just going to be figuring it out for themselves. I don't think, you know, like I said, you, you think this is going to be a blowout win for Dallas. I don't at all. I think this is going to be a close, sloppy battle that's going to come down to the to the last moments of the game. But I'll agree with you. Dallas will find a way to, to slipper their way through here. They're a better team than Washington on paper. And, you know, Washington will play them tough, as tough as they think they would. But Dallas will win this game, and the foul score... 20-19. Alright, our game of the week. Normally, we don't finish with the game of the week, but that's different today. It's also in the 1 o'clock position. It's an early game. Pittsburgh and Tennessee, both 5-0. It's a big matchup. It's a critical matchup in the AFC because the winner of this game will be in the 1 seed by themselves. It's a critical matchup. Obviously, both of these teams have found ways, but this is big, and it's going to be critical. And obviously, Roethlisberger and Tannehill play very good quarterbacking so far this season. Derrick Henry, obviously the leading rusher in the league, but we'll see what happens there. Like I said, wide receivers in Pittsburgh are doing their thing. James Conner, defenses are playing very well. Obviously, Pittsburgh is one of the best in the league right now. Big matchup, battle for first place in the conference. Go ahead. Yeah, man. So um, Tennessee's a team that I haven't really been buying all year. You know, they're up to five and zero. Oh, they're playing really well, but I think they're due to come back down to earth, man. And um, I, I look at this game. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is a legitimate Super Bowl contender. They're they're tough. Um, they got a really tough defense. Their offense can put up points, and I think this is a I think this is a bad matchup for Tennessee. On top of that, for Tennessee, this is going to be their third game in twelve days. So you know they've since that they we obviously had this game. This was supposed to be played a few weeks ago, but Tennessee had the whole COVID thing, so it's got delayed till this week. Um, but yeah. Three games in 12 days is rough. And when you're going up against a super physical team like the Steelers, you're going to have a tough time, man. I don't care if you have Derrick Henry, and I don't care if you are a physical team in your own right. The Steelers are going to take it to them, and they're going to get after uh, Tannehill. And, dude, I I, I just don't – I think this is the game where Tennessee finally gets that loss. And – I just don't see, I don't see how they're going to win this one, man. Way too much, way too much going against them if, if, when when I look at everything overall. But especially that whole uh, three games in twelve days is, is is tough going up against a team this physical. So I think the Steelers get the victory here, and I'm going to put the final score at thirty six. I'm going to put it at thirty six thirty. Like I said, it's been it's been a tough year for Tennessee. Obviously, they're five and zero. They've obviously been through a lot with this coronavirus. They've been probably the hardest hit team of any team right now this season. 
And obviously they've kind of wrecked the NFL schedule. We've already talked about this in recent weeks. But obviously they are 5-0. and They barely are 5-0 and because Houston played them really tough. They took them to overtime last week, and they nearly won that game. Like I said, Pittsburgh has been just been in cruise control. They really haven't been tested much. The Eagles played them tough a few weeks ago, but they easily beat the Browns last week, and they're on the road today. And obviously, this is a big matchup, like I said. When we think about Week 17 and going into the postseason, this is a matchup that could determine the AFC one seed. You know, obviously, Baltimore may have something to say in Kansas City as well, but but right now, these are the two unbeaten teams in the, in the, in the conference. And obviously, one of them is going to have to fall, fall, fall back today. And this should be interesting. And I think that, like I say, I agree with you. I think the Steelers, they're just, they're just a, a tough team all overall. And I think that you know, ben, Big Ben is obviously playing well. Even though he struggled out here over the years in Tennessee, I think that, you know, I just think they are the better team for what I've seen so far. And, you know, I think that Pittsburgh's going to find a way. They're going to find a way here. Like you, like you, you know, it should be a battle. should be interesting. But I think that they can win comfortably today. So the Steelers win one seed in the AFC for now. And the final score, 34-24. to 24. So that's all we have for this week, folks. Another another crazy week, and the look back will be back on Wednesday, like we always do look back on the Eagles and, and everything else that's going on in this, in this crazy NFL. So that's all we have. Enjoy your Sunday of football, and we'll be back Wednesday. <laughs>